0: Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson, I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the best independent magazines and delivers them to thousands of readers around the world every month. This week I'm speaking to Sean Gassimatari, editor-in-chief and creative director of Spiral, the magazine that takes a creative look at American football. I was really interested to hear about his reasons for making the magazine. Um, His parents immigrated to the US from Iran in 1978, and he speaks about the sport as a way of assimilating into American culture and also as a way of reflecting all the elements of that culture, both good and bad. I mentioned this in the conversation with Sean, but I really don't know anything about American football And I actually really enjoyed Spiral as a way of opening the sport up to me. I think a big part of that comes from the fact that this is clearly a labour of love. And that definitely comes through in the object itself. So if Sean's stories make you want to buy one of these for yourself, head over to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop. And don't forget that you get 10% off our normal prices when you use the code podcast. But first, I hope you enjoyed this conversation with Sean Gassimatari from Spiral. Sean, thank you so much for making time to talk. Hey, Stephen.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, So I am really interested in this magazine that you've made and particularly the reasons for making it. So, uh, in the editor's letter, you basically say that uh, you lost your job as uh, in, in the pandemic. And you also talk about football as this kind of unifying force in the US. And it seems that somehow you kind of draw some kind of strength from the sports.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, so I kind of always have been a lover of, you know, soccer culture and particularly the well curated magazines across the world like Shukyu and Um, soccer bible and gaffer mundial and i just always felt there to be this sort of void for american football and you know my parents were immigrants to america they arrived um in san francisco in 1978 as a result of the uh, iranian revolution and my dad quickly kind of fell in love with american football even though he was such a passionate supporter of soccer Hmm. and um In that time, in the the 80s, uh, the San Francisco 49ers were basically what the New England Patriots were for the past like 20, 30 years. And so I think for many immigrants going to any country, sports serves as this way to really assimilate into a certain society. And so I would basically grow up with a love for American football over soccer. But as I would kind of really kind of understand why he loved soccer towards my teens, um, I would really enjoy the sports through, you know, the culture, like, so the mm-hmm. magazines I was just talking about. And so I always felt there were to be this sort of void for American football. And I've actually been working on this magazine idea since about probably 2018 and just writing my notes about it and like what I'd want out of it. Um, and so as the pandemic hit, um, I was doing freelance design work, even though I went to school as, as a uh, writer, so I studied journalism at Cal State Northridge. And um, so I always had a writer's background, but I kind of segued my way into design and art just because I was just fascinated by, like, the arts. Um, so as, as the pandemic hit, like, a lot of my freelance stopped, and I just felt like if there was a time for me to actually pursue this, like, passion project, now was the time. Mm, and so mm. I really dedicated myself into doing so much reading and just writing and uh, really – contacting you know the network of creatives that I, I had um brushed shoulders with and worked with and people were just really down with this idea and, and to your point of this kind of unifying force football in from all the studies I've done football has kind of sh- shown to be this reflection of America and, and all the good things and all the bad things and having grown up as a 49er fan um I was very close to the situation with Colin Kaepernick and him taking a knee. And I, I understood that, you know, he wasn't, he was kind of being blackballed from the league because of the politics that were attached to it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was really wrong. And I I just kind of wanted to make this magazine more than just, um, you know, um, kind of like a vibe out on culture, but really something that could actually help people because football it touches so many people's hearts in this country alone that I think because of those reasons, it could help people at the same time.
0: Mm-hmm. It seems to me that you're doing several different things with this magazine. So, uh, there's, there's some of it, which, I mean, I should say up front, I really don't know very much about American football. Uh, there's some of it that kind of seems like it's pointed towards someone like me. So, um, there's this thing called um, are they called two a days or two a days? Two days, yeah. Okay, so th- this is like taking you behind the scenes in the kind of preseason training and like these brutal conditioning sessions where you like what is this kind of like college level footballers or or, or professionals as well?
1: So this is uh, this is high school,
0: high school, and yeah.
1: um, it two days can transpire all the way up until you know. I don't, I, I think the pros might not be doing it, but two days is more, it's more, um, reflecting the high school level. And so a lot of kids, myself included, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't play Pop Warner football, Pop Warner being kind of like the peewee level. Um, so a lot of people, they have this allure of playing football in high school. And so two days is, is kind of like the first real test if you're serious or not. So. Um, what that is is you'll have a practice in the morning, then you'll have a practice in, in the afternoon evening time. So especially in that time, it, it'll be in the summertime where the heat is just it just kills people and um, And so basically this series was reflecting that idea of like of this kind of like regiment this, this like um, this like system and like almost like a boot camp. And um, I think it really kind of weeds out like the people who really are serious about the game or not.
0: All right. Okay. Okay. Uh, so that so we've got something like that. She's sort of behind the scenes, and then you've also got quite a lot of history in there. So there's a, a great photo, I say, from uh, Super Bowl One, which was that 1967.
1: Yes. Yes. And um, yeah. So, uh, got in contact with this photographer. His name is Rod Hanna. He has just incredible work. He I think he was also the team photographer for you know, the Kansas City Chiefs and the Denver Broncos for roughly 20, 40 years or so. And, um, and yeah, so the the story behind Super Bowl one is just, you know, it's mixed with all sorts of tales that are very, very reminiscent of, of the Cold War. And um, I kind of briefly speak about that, about how, you know, the Cold War brought about so much anxiety and pro football possessed such a similar duality in that sense of, you know, there was constant espionage and excitement, and and just contrasting the styles. And
0: because there were like two uh, leagues back and, then, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. And so it it is uh, it is it is incredible to see some of these shots. Just to see the evolution of the game, um, just in this what fifty five year span. To see like the the spectacle that the Super Bowl has really become.
0: And and, and again, like so, you do a similar thing with going through like a, a history of uh, like the, the equipment that players wear. So it goes from like, I think at the beginning, they like wear sort of like a cap or something. And then obviously like it yeah, becomes yeah, much yeah. more sort of like, you know, like, well, armored, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it was a really, I, so I, I stumbled upon that site. Uh, there's a site called Heritage Sports Art that sells just very fantastic uh, watercolor illustrations of so many different, Uh, American football teams, Canadian football teams, and just the whole history. And I think with a lot of these things, I'm just such a student of history. I I like really geek out on history. And um, I just really want to showcase the history of the game through an artistic lens. I Mm. think Spiral in general really is my love for the game through the lens of culture, which Mm. I I, I believe there. I just never really found an outlet for for the game through culture. So I really want to make it myself.
0: uh, And so then, I mean, like there's, Guarantee you would never find, uh, never find an outlet for uh, a story like the one where you uh, draw a line from the the huddle, uh, so like the huddle that players go into with the sort of like the circle of early hunter gatherers sitting around a campfire. I mean, like that's that's the sort of thing that you can never really pitch to an editor of a magazine. It's you like you gotta be the editor of your own magazine to run that story.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I think, um, yeah. And I just think that the huddle on the field, it, it, it sort of resembles um, the very nature of democracy where it's, you know, people are, are bruised up. Some people are, they're fighting with each other, but in order to kind of succeed when whatever, whatever goal it is, you need to kind of compromise with each other. And um, yeah, like you said, I, I kind of draw that back to, you know, when the hunter gatherers would huddle together before going on a hunt or, or the, the huddle around the fire that, uh, delayed um, food consumption and really uh, these circles and I kind of draw parallels to Bruno Minari talking about the circle as as the symbol of eternity and I think um, I, I wanted to use this piece as as, as something that could actually help people in, in the sense of right now I think when I wrote this article it was roughly probably March March or May March or April of um, this past year when you know the the riots were really taking place in America and mm. I just felt mm. that people, people kind of need help right now. And I think football helps them in that way.
0: It, I, I mean, it's clearly, it's important that you know, that the time when you were making this is a, it was a very febrile time in the U S and, and uh, as I said before, you mentioned in the editor's letter, you talk about division in the country and about this sport being able to unify and, and bring people t- together. The, who, who is your reader? Who is your kind of ideal reader for this magazine? when you're like you know when you're putting this together because it it seems to me that there's a potential here for you using the sport of football to talk to a group of people who you might not ordinarily speak to you know they, they might not be the people who are you know generally sort of like in your group of friends
1: yeah I think um I think hopefully anyone who's attached to sport in general, but I think in particular, just the artistic community, I always just felt that, you know, just because someone's into art doesn't mean that they can't be into football as well. You know, I think there's always been these kind of stereotypes of like, who is the, you know, the macho football fan and, and who is the artistic design person. I, I I just felt that there, there was like a lack of voice to represent these people and, I feel like anyone who's kind of attached to the game in any any way i would like to think can benefit from from reading the magazine but um i think the artistic community is the one i really want to bring because i think there's a lot of there's a lot of things i need to change within football culture and i think by bringing more of like uh uh like a studious um artistic um community into it it can actually help that
0: right okay and so then i guess the the next question then is how do you go about finding those people? Because the, you know, when you're making a magazine, the first thought is, okay, this is going to go on the shelf in a magazine shop because that's where people buy magazines, obviously. But then there are so many people who don't go into those magazine shops and the, you know, when you've got a subject like this, like football, you've got something that brings people together. So have, have you got any kind of clever ways of reaching these kind of you know artistic football fans who may not be walking into a magazine shop.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think I think with a, like a lot of different marketing tools, I think Instagram is one of one of the better ways to do so. Just because this is a very visual title, like um, everything about the title, you know, the the form, everything is kind of from the the foiling on the cover, um, so really accentuating that through well curated. Um, graphics and photographs on instagram is is just one way we can do it and um, we've my team and i have actually been working on a uh, promotional film that kind of captures the spirit of the magazine so i worked closely with a good friend of mine her name is jess colquhoun um, she works for step studios which does a, incredible productions for for the nfl for oakley for crown royal and um Jess and uh, the fellow step crew, they, they really helped out into making this film come to life. And that, that will actually be releasing shortly. So I do believe that, yeah, the people who don't, you know, go into, you know, typical bookstores, magazine stores, especially right now, because things are typically closed. Um, Instagram is one big way we reach them.
0: Sure. Mm, mm, and then I guess on Instagram, you can really make the most of probably the magazine's most distinctive feature, which is that big chunky orange <laughs> yeah. spiral bound spine so at what point did the spiral binding come into things
1: yeah so um so my art directors and i we were we were kind of playing around the idea of different um titles for the magazine from everything from pigskin which references the old uh pigskins that used they used for the footballs to um just to eventually spiral and spiral is just for anyone who doesn't know what that refers to. It's just the the motion of the football as it's being thrown forward, and in football you can all you can only throw the ball forward. A uh, backward pass is more is illegal. So this idea of pushing the game forward. So that's kind of the slogan of the magazine, pushing football forward. And then because of that, um, we thought, oh well, it would be cool if if the magazine itself was a spiral binding. And then a third a third element too is that you know once upon a time you know, say 30, 40 years ago, many of the coaches' playbooks were spiral bindings. Ah, uh, right. So this whole, this whole magazine kind of is like, almost like a, like a utility study, like just a, an, like just a big passionate geek out of the game. And uh, <laughs> and in the hopes that it can, it can help pro- propel the game forward by, by not shying away from the convoluted past of the game. Cause there's many things, there are many dark parts of, of, of Football history, but I think instead of shying away from them is really kind of tackling it head on, and and in that way we can kind of all go forward.
0: I I I love it in in these conversations when you get the little kind of extra bits of detail that you would never. I mean, I would never have spotted like the, the similarity with like a, a coach's playbook, but that makes total sense. That I yeah. mean, is it also? I mean, it also feels like one of those ideas that you have, and you go, "Oh my God, it's like spiral binding. We could do that," but then does that become a nightmare somewhere along the way? (laughs) Like does this make your life harder? um,
1: Well, you know, it definitely, it presents challenges, you know, a lot of, there aren't many titles you'll see right now that have spiral bindings, but I think like, like many design related problems, I think challenges provide limitations that can be fruitful. And I think um, we've managed to make it work. And I'm actually very excited uh, for the spiral binding itself because as the magazine goes to the next issue, you know we're going to keep the the format as in like it, every issue will be themed. So this this first issue was on tribalism, and the the theme color was this kind of deep orange. Whereas the next issue will be a different theme and a different the um, different color that corresponds to the spiral binding. So that's I think it's for us it's going to be a more of an exciting thing.
0: So we're talking about issue two already. That's that is a good sign. So. The speaking to magazine makers, I, I think that you sometimes you kind of fall into like two camps. As on the one hand, making the first issue has like introduced the magazine to all these people who love what it does and they want to be involved and, and it opens up the subject even further. Or on the other hand, making the first issue is where all the low hanging fruit was. You like you've pulled in all the stories that you were really happy with and now you're faced with doing it again so we're like which side do you, do you come down on i
1: believe i i like to think i would be on the first side I've, <laughs> you know there are there are so many stories that it's funny so this this first issue came out to with the zine included it'd be roughly 250 pages but i actually we actually had to cut out like two three stories just because right. it was becoming too long so um, I'm very excited for the second issue. We've we've actually been working pretty steadily on it. Um, we're hoping to to have it released, uh, you know, towards the start of the next season. So roughly that September fall time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, yeah, so we, we we're we're really excited. And just tr- trying to treat each each piece almost as as though it's like an art book, um, just compressed in the in the format of a magazine.
0: Well, so I'm interested in, in picking up on something that you just mentioned with the, like engaging with the kind of darker side. And the, so the way that you present this magazine, I think it's quite striking that it's a very beautiful looking magazine. So, the, you know, this sport that I think of as like, you know, kind of big, brutal sports with all that, the glitz and glamour, you've shown a very different side to it. How do you then bring in this darker side to football and engage with that, you know, within the same aesthetic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, well, one example is so that the next issue will kind of deal with more of the, the technological side of the game. I think one avenue that is not just worth exploring, but that needs to be explored is, you know, the, the brain damage that is really being mm. caused on many athletes, especially the former athletes. So CTE and really showcasing, you know, what is going on behind the scenes, what is perhaps being covered up by many bigger bigger um, leagues such as the NCAA, et cetera. Um, and so it's, it's really kind of tying in the right writers and the right artists to showcase this in a, in a positive way, I think.
0: And mm, mm. I, I was also interested in this issue in the places where you kind of let yourself go out beyond football. So there, there's an interview with the artist uh, Devin Troy, is it Strother? Um, uh-huh. So who I'd, I'd, I'd come across him before, like mainly for uh, his art, which kind of subverts those like racist African-American kind of images yeah. and, and iconography. Uh-huh. But he doesn't seem to have much to do with football. So where, like, what was the the kind of, what was the, decision process with bringing him in
1: yeah absolutely so with the q a section i th- i think i want to kind of more tie in just individuals we want to bring into the sphere of football whether they have a loose connection or not i believe it's like as the editor i'd like to, to approach it that you know these are people that the football community should know about and so with Devin it was interesting i've actually been trying to speak with him for quite some time and uh, he he had a really funny story about how he played high school football more as a way just to hang out with, with, with the crew type of thing. And mm. I can definitely see that and resonate with that, having played high school football myself. And now it's really more just about the community that comes along with it. I mean, some people are just super serious and football is their life. And then there's there's the group of people who see football as just a way to socialize. And I think Devin was one of those people. And Devin's work is fantastic. I mean, just the way he he subverts race and he used, like he mentions how he uses this tool that only certain people can use. And that can actually be made as an advantage to try to, to take the weight away from these, these uh, these tools that have been used to, to bring people down for so long.
0: Mm, mm, mm. You, you, when you say the tools, you mean the, the kind of, uh, like
1: just the, like the iconography mm. and this, and the, and the slurs and just, and he's trying to kind of, um take the power away from those from those those tools
0: and also doing it with that sense of humor that just kind of it, it sort of defangs it like instantly. there's a like it's it's a very clever approach to it,
1: yeah, absolutely. and devin's just yeah, he's he's incredible. and I think for for even just future q and a interviews with spiral, i I always want to bring you know whether they have a connection to football or not, I want to bring figures who are. Or just doing great work in whatever field they are in and just bring them into the community of football and have the football community learn about them if they mm. don't
0: already. So that inevitably when you're at this stage, you're, you're working on the next one already, you've got the first issue in front of you. There will be some stuff in there that you think, ah, I wish I'd done that differently. Is it? Is there anything that when you're working on the next issue, you know that you want to change from what you have here?
1: Uh, um, yeah I think I think there are certain technical things that I would do a little differently I think uh, I think I would kind of uh, I would look at several different spiral bindings just because I there's so many different sorts of spiral bindings from the you know say metal and, and plastic and so just I think there's a lot of technical parts of it that I would do differently um, I think that I would also um, I would branch out to you know more more illustrators, so it doesn't feel like just one distinct style throughout Mm -hmm. and try to keep it a little bit more versatile but i think um i think i think inevitably there will always be things that you know i would would have done differently in this issue and perhaps the next issue and i i think that's more of a a challenge that i'm looking forward to though
0: look i really really enjoyed this launch issue so thank you very much for sending it over uh, and thanks for making time to talk
1: Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it. And as a subscriber, just shout out to everyone who's making magazines. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not easy, but it's, it's probably the most fulfilling thing I've done. And I
0: just appreciate reading everyone else's. You've got to be careful because you're going to encourage more people to make magazines if you go <laughs> talking like that. <laughs> hope so. Cheers, Sean. Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Sean for speaking with me. Again, if you want to buy a copy of Spiral for yourself, head over to the Stat Shop and search for it there. Uh, And of course, use the code podcast to get 10% off all our magazines. That is valid for our subscriptions too. Uh, We pick a different independent magazine every month and deliver it to our subscribers all around the world. They never know what they're going to get next, Uh, so if you want to join that club, uh, use the code PODCAST, uh, and again, you'll get that 10% off. I'm going to be away for the next couple of weeks, so we won't have a new episode next week or the week after, Um, and then I'm very excited that we're going to be moving into a new office in the middle of June. Um, After more than a year of sitting here working at home, that feels like a major step back towards normality. Um, But, of course, setting up a new office is going to take a tonne of work, so this is basically me now just getting my excuses in early and saying that I might not manage to put up our next episode for a little while. Um, In the meantime, we've got loads of conversations with independent magazine makers sitting in our archives, so uh, if you haven't heard those already, just search for Stack Magazines wherever you get your podcasts uh, and you'll be able to scroll your way through those. And of course, if you follow us while you're there, uh, we'll be able to keep on delivering our new episodes to you as soon as they are actually ready. Thank you very much for listening to this one and we'll be back with another episode as soon as I can put it together.